You're listening to the ProcureTech Podcast, your weekly show for all that's cooking in the digital procurement space. Yes, we've got the hottest startups, thought leadership and conversation from visionary industry experts and definitely no stiff corporate content. I'm your host, James Meads, procurement pro, digital nomad and ProcureTech fanboy. And now here's this week's show. Yes, welcome to another edition of the ProcureTech Podcast, where every week we bring you everything that is fun, innovative, and exciting in the digital procurement space. This week, just like a few weeks ago, we're going to be looking at a contract management solution. And because the market out there is so diverse, it's always good to touch on this area that really straggles a line between ProcureTech legal tech and sales tech, depending really on who the provider or the software solution is pitching their solution to. So it's going to be a really interesting conversation this week around uh, around a contract management solution that specifically focuses on the, the very tedious and often frustrating task for us buyers of redlining contracts. And to have this conversation with me, I would like to welcome to the show Dan Broderick, CEO and co-founder of Black Boiler. Dan, welcome to the ProcureTech podcast. Thanks for coming on. Hi, James. Thanks for having me today. Looking forward to the conversation. So this one really caught my eye when um, when you approached me because this is an area that I really, really hated when I was a, a corporate procurement professional dealing with contracts. There are a lot of people that are responsible for sourcing contract management software. When you look at, you know, the the different departments that this technology kind of straddles, who do you find from your experience is typically responsible for for sourcing contract management software? And and I guess the second part of that question would be with what you've developed with Black Boiler, maybe take a little bit of time to introduce the solution and, and who you see as being the key user base. Yeah, that's a good question. I think, you know, one thing that we should just think about is that what Black Boiler does, right? So Black Boiler is contract technology, and there's all sorts of contract technology on the marketplace now with CLM, uh, contract review tools, both pre and post execution, and then also just like workflow tools. So we're we're laser focused on automation of negotiation of contracts. So how do you actually exchange paper, uh, exchange red lines and positions and get to an executed agreement faster? And so you're right. There are two main buyers basically in our space. Uh, Legal, who is often responsible for doing that negotiation, and then also procurement uh, because of of just where they sit in the process of reviewing and seeing a lot of counterparty documents and a lot of counterparty paper, uh, we also often uh, interact with sales teams, and not so much because sales is looking to purchase Black Boiler, but because legal knows that they are often a bottleneck when it comes to getting sales completed and done faster. And they don't necessarily want to let go of the entire contract negotiation process, but they 
they, they know they need to let the sales teams move faster. And so by giving them some oversight uh, as to how negotiating negotiation is happening, you're actually empowering that sales team to be more self-sufficient. So, so how did you come about getting into this space? Is your is your background from from being a lawyer, or is it on the procurement or the sales side? Just talk talk us through a little bit of how you came to develop the solution and your background. Yes, so um, I practiced law in the DC area for about seven years, and at one point while I was practicing at the firm, I was seconded to a client where I would go to their office twice a week, and I was given a playbook or essentially your rule set for how I was supposed to negotiate contracts. And I would sit there and I would negotiate very similar documents over and over again, making very similar edits or responding to very similar counterparty positions. Uh, and I, I thought it was really inefficient. I thought I was doing the same work over and over. Uh, and I, I actually didn't find it that enjoyable to be, it, it was just kind of like, I felt like I was being a robot. And I guess if you ever feel like you're being a robot, then chances are you could probably t- teach a robot or a machine <laughs> to do what you're doing. And so that was kind of how we started it. Uh, I was eventually connected to Black Boilers co-founder and CTO, Jonathan Herr. And he was coming out of government research, DARPA-related research here in the United States. And he said, yo, yeah, surely we can do this. We can kind of take this historical work product that people um, are always generating by reviewing and redlining contracts and learn from that how to review and respond to future red lines or future counterparty positions on, on, on clients' paper. And so that's how Black Boiler started, was just with a, with a pain point, with a problem, uh, and trying to see if we could figure out a way to make that problem less painful. And you, you touched on in, in, in the previous answer around sales also being, being part of this sort of triangle between legal procurement and sales. Do you often find that the list of features that the potential buyer wants are quite different depending on who it is that you're talking to within an organization? Yes, I do. <laughs> right. Like I um, <laughs> thought you might. <laughs> yeah. Certainly it's it's unique but where we are within the organization, right? You know, with sales, they want to get the deals closed faster, right? <laughs> Legal always wants to have um, oversight and make sure that the contractual risk is is you know dealt with appropriately in all of those contracts. And even you know, there's other people who are involved in this process that have a you know a stake in the stake in the whole matter, like you know data security, and data privacy, making sure they're right terms are in all of those contracts. That's important as well. So I think like being able to self empower sales is really really an important thing. With, with legal, it's really how do they do that work faster? How do we help them, uh, you know, rely on their precedent to, to either not do repetitive work? Because a lot of times within these organizations, uh, they're actually signing very similar contracts or very similar purchase orders to things they've already signed. And so can we just say like, hey, hey you've already re- reviewed and marked up a purchase order that looks just like this. This is the work you did before. Can you just use that again? And it's really just you know, helping them get through that process faster, make it less painful. Uh, as organizations grow, they don't necessarily just want to, you know, scale their legal function in a linear fashion. So helping them kind of get more from less is always an important thing with with legal, which is often seen as a cost center in most organizations. And then often with procurement, 
what we hear is, you know, there's a business need for whatever it is they're purchasing, <laughs> right? And so their uh, internal stakeholder at the company is really trying to solve, you know, some problem that the business is having. And until the, you get through procurement, that problem isn't solved. So if it's taking you, you know, to get all the way through procurement, and obviously contract negotiation is just a piece of that. But if it's taking you six months, you know, well, that's six months that your stakeholder is having a problem that they're having to deal with that they want to get resolved faster. So I do think that there's, you know, a little bit different um, uh, interests with all of the people along the different in the different um, kind of departments in the in the corporation. But it all comes down to how can I do this work faster and more efficiently and, you know, protect the company against the, you know, unwanted contractual risk that there is that's out, that's out there. And and I really think that you hit the nail on the head because, I mean, my background as a corporate procurement professional, the frustration really from me stemmed from, from two things. Number one, we were being tasked with negotiating contracts, but most of us at least didn't have any formal legal or contractual training. We were trained to negotiate commercial terms and we understood and navigated our, our way around that pretty well, as you would expect, but but we weren't necessarily fluent in, in legal terminology. But then at the same time, we often felt a little bit like the ginger-haired stepchild when we were dealing with legal because, as you touched on, they they would often pretty much always prioritize sales and, and customer contracts over supplier contracts. So as you alluded to, if someone was waiting for procurement to to run something by legal or to get legal's opinion on something contractual, it was often pretty much at the bottom of the internal legal counsel's pile of things to do. So yeah, I mean, I I, I totally sort of would, would, would sort of agree with that standpoint. But then, so how do you see that problem? You know, is what can Black Boiler do to speed that up? Because it it will be able to redline the contracts from what I understand, but it it can't look and think like a lawyer. I mean, we still have to, I assume, have a touch point with the legal department at some point. Oh, yeah. So absolutely. Um, Black Boiler is a tool that's meant to work in conjunction with a human to do this work faster, right? And so we have we don't intend to kind of take the human out of the loop altogether. We just intend to supercharge that person and make them much faster and much more efficient. I mean, we do have clients who, you know, they will tell us, Hey, if we've already reviewed a contract, that's almost exactly the same, you know, we'll just make those same edits to it and send it back to the, to the business unit. Right. But those are typically low, lower value kind of contracts. So that's not happening with, with your, you know, $100 million, or not $100 million, but like millions of dollar type of purchase, right? Those are, there's usually some sort of caveat around that. Uh, but again, that's, that's an important tool to help your legal function focus on the things that are really, really important, as opposed to kind of these high volume, lower risk type types of agreements that might be out there. Um, but we, we definitely think that a human needs to be involved in the process, particularly if Blackboard doesn't have a high degree of certainty that it's seen that exact document before. Blackboard will review and edit that document and it will send it to the human to kind of, it's kind of like if you had a junior counsel go through and make the first set of revisions to the document. 
right? And Black Boiler is really good at doing prescriptive type of editing. When you have a rule that says, if we see this, then do this, right? Um, we all know that at the end of the day, you know, you know, contract negotiation usually comes down to three to five points that you have to get on the phone and talk to the counterparty about. And you have to figure out who, who has more bargaining power. You know, is it really going to take a lot of work to get, you know, the other side? Do they even have authority to, to give ground on this? Or do they have to go up one or two levels of authority to get sign off to even change their position on all of these things? You know, all of that stuff is stuff that a machine's not that great at. A human is much better at making those judgment calls. And we think a human should be involved in making those judgment calls. What we want to do is get the human to those judgment calls faster, right? So they can do what they do well. Machines are really good at, at doing the same thing over and over again. Hey, so just a quick interlude to let you know about procurementsoftware.site. This is a new website that I recently launched to give you, the listener, a free-to-access intuitive guide to digital procurement technology. You can filter on a multitude of different criteria and pick out a short list of procurement software solutions that are relevant to your business and your needs in less time than it takes to boil an egg. No corporate subscriptions, no complex jargon, and definitely no pay-to-play model. We are a completely transparent, open book, and we really want to get your feedback on what we can really do to make this user experience better and constantly improve so as we're providing value to you. Check out procurementsoftware.site. And now let's get right back to this week's podcast. So essentially then, if I'm perhaps paraphrasing you a little bit, it's it's to get to the point where something that is a relatively straightforward contract that would have, would have previously needed to have gone through a legal department could theoretically then be done to a large extent by by black boiler using using ai and using this using cognitive technology to to essentially then free up the legal department to just really tackle the big ticket items that's right that's right right if it learns though through experience and through you know if it uses machine learning to be able to to get smart and to be able to understand better you know which contracts are accept which clauses are acceptable and which ones are not how do you tackle a situation let's take let's take for example perhaps a procurement team that had typically been very decentralized in the past and and that hadn't sort of centrally negotiated contracts to, to a common standard through a corporate procurement team, or or maybe another example, if you've got a very rapidly scaling startup uh, that is building a procurement organization up as a greenfield department, how would it be able to tackle those situations where there's not much historical data to go on? That's actually something we're building out right now to solve for is how can you how can we get people into the system and be able to make edits to documents without having to give us historical data, right? Um, and so we're, you know, we're working towards releasing a product that's going to solve that problem and allow people to kind of come into Black Boiler, either answer some questions about common edits that are made to different types of documents, or build a digital playbook that's going to power uh, automated contract markup by making some example edits to example text, right? So if you want to build a rule for 
our limitation of liability clause, Blackboard that will feed you some example limitation of liability uh, language, and then you'll train the system by simply editing that and putting all of that into like a constant loop that's that's learning as you edit. Um, you know, all of that's, you know, uh, marketing team and PR team might get a little annoyed with me for bringing that up, but that's, you know, that's stuff we're, we're looking to push out here in, in, in March so that we solve exactly this problem of companies who either didn't have, uh, a really consistent approach to risk or they're growing and they're scaling and, you know, they've just changed their approach, uh, so that's a good point you bring up, but um, something we're we're going to be rolling out here in uh, a little bit later this quarter. Something I've been meaning to ask, and it's great to have someone on that's got it that's got a legal background. Why don't lawyers like writing contracts in plain English? Because if I take the devil's advocate view, if contracts were written in plainer English, then that would, to some extent, alleviate the need for tools like Black Boiler. Yeah, I don't know if it alleviate the need, right? You're still going to be transferring risk and creating performance obligations in those contracts. It just would be easier to understand it. Um, you know, and I really, James, I actually think that the the reason for this is not what most people think it is. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, like lawyers like to talk in legalese or, you know, they're trying to disguise something or make it more difficult to understand. I don't think it's that at all. Um, I think it has to do with how contracts are drafted, right? Uh, the way contracts are drafted is, and I tell this people all the time, nobody sits down at the computer, opens up a blank word document and just starts typing out a contract, right? That's not how it's done. Uh, contracts are drafted by simply finding language in older documents or older contracts that you liked and pasting them into a new con new document and reusing the text. So it's really like, you know, contracts have these, have their DNAs that like are, are, you know, can stretch back decades because it's just recycled text. And so what's happening is they're just reusing old language from old contracts that they've used. And so it just gets <laughs> reused over and over again. I don't think there's anything like, you know, uh, more sinister at play there than that. Um, so it's and, it's and, a little bit like and, tax code, then, right? It just get it just gets it just gets extended and expanded and and added to yeah. as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I think it is. Um, but we're getting lawyers but, lawyers dirty secrets coming out here, and listeners. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, I don't think the other thing is like clients. You know, they don't want to pay the fee for a for a lawyer to sit down and just draft something from scratch, right? Yeah. Typically, no, that's true. I mean, I'm a big fan of like the simplification of contracts. I think it's a great idea. Um, I, I think the standardization of contracts is a great idea if you can get adoption. I think adoption is the hard part like it is in any product um, there. But I think there are things short of adoption that we can do, too, to just make contracts easier to navigate, easier to read. Um, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of all of those. That kind of leads me on to what I wanted to ask you next, which is, does Black Boiler then assume that, or, or is it built on the assumption that all contracts coming in will be in, in third-party format on third-party paper? Or or can it also deal, for example, with if I give my sort of standard contract from my organization to a supplier and the supplier comes back with a bunch of redline, 
would it also then be able to 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 approve or or decline some of those changes as well? Yeah, so Black Boiler is able to handle counterparty paper or counterparty revisions to client paper. So either either scenario. Okay, so yeah, so, so, well so if you do have a standard contract format, and then your vendor makes changes to that, it can it can work in that way too. Okay, exactly. Yep. I mean this this is a the whole contract management space is an area that you know probably quite understandably given supply chain crisis and COVID and everything um, has really flourished over the past couple of years. If a procurement team wants to have a full stack contract management platform that literally can do everything that the buyer has with the buyer's needs in mind rather than the lawyer's needs in mind, do you think that they would need to pursue a strategy of maybe having more than one solution in play to get all of those sort of must-haves from the from the procurement manager's perspective rather than the lawyer's perspective? Or, or do you think there is one solution out there that could that could potentially do everything? Yeah, so I'm, there's no solution out there that does everything. I'm convinced of that. You know, I've talked to lots of people uh, in the space. I've never, I've never found somebody who says they have a, a, a contract piece of technology that handles every problem the way it needs to be handled. So I actually think one of the most important things with contract tech is kind of interoperability with other systems. You know, do they have APIs that you can kind of easily integrate into a system how configurable is it? How well does it work with other workflow tools and other technologies like that? I think all of that is incredibly important. Um, I also think it's important to, you know, there's a lot of contract tech that gets, uh, never gets implemented successfully. Uh, you know, the implementation cycles can be 18 months to implement a piece of contract technology. Uh, I think it's important that, you know, when you're, planning any sort of contract implementation or CLM type technology implementation that you understand what are your must haves, you know, what are your nice to haves, um, figure out how to get some quick wins, figure out how to get technology that, um, can help you, uh, you know, implement quickly, but then build and expand upon it. I think all of those things are very, very important. Um, I think it's important just from a success of the implementation. I think it's important psychologically that people are seeing the value of, of these technologies uh, immediately and quickly. I also think it's really important for that person who's responsible for that implementation to be able to show to their bosses and to their kind of higher ups that, look, I'm able to implement this thing. We're able to see success uh, so that people don't they continue to have faith in that process and the people who are implementing it. I think all of those things are critically important when you're implementing this technology. There's been so much money dumped into the contract space lately by, by venture capital and private equity. Uh, so much of that is going to marketing and sales and product and not enough of it is going to implementation and customer success, uh, which is, you know, you can tell by the fact that there's this whole industry around helping people implement CLM and contract tech and making procurement decisions in this space. Uh, I think all of that shows you just kind of how difficult it can be to do this well. And that's one of the things that we really like about Black Boiler is that our technology we can implement in weeks or a month, whereas, you know, bigger 
systems can take, you know, eight, eight to 16 months to implement. Yeah, and it's it's exactly the same argument with things like e-sourcing or source-to-pay technology as as well, Dan. And, you know, you're preaching to the choir in terms of I'm a huge fan of UX and, and simplicity with with everything that I do in my work too. So the final question that I wanted to ask you, Dan, before we wrap this up, do you think that contract management platforms in their various forms should make a distinct choice of whether they market their solutions to procurement or to sales uh, or to legal? Because what I found when I've been doing my research is there is quite a big discrepancy when you look on websites of of who they're marketing it to, uh, marketing it to and you know, as we as we discussed earlier, procurement's needs are not necessarily the same as legal's needs or sales needs. But then at the same time, we're also as procurement professionals, usually or pretty much always not the budget holder that would sign off uh, the investment for this technology. Yeah, I think that's a really tough question, actually. One thing I've noticed in being in this space uh, for about five years now is that you can't find an organization that con- contracts the exact same way another organization contracts. Uh, everybody's contracting function is a little bit different and sometimes drastically different from one organization to the next. So I think that actually makes it difficult for any of the technologies that are out there to say, we're only going to target legal or we're only going to target procurement or we're only going to target sales. Uh, and that's because you know, sometimes the things that are being done by legal are being done by procurement in another organization. So I think that actually makes what you're asking kind of hard to say that there should be a prescriptive way to do it. Uh, I mean, I do think that certain technologies are kind of more aligned for, you know, legal, like our tool is, for the most part, you know, we're working on automation of red lines, which even if it's not being done by legal, legal has invested interest in. So like legal's usually involved, even if like we're empowering procurement or empowering sales, you know, a lot of times legal's going to have a say in, on our tool. Um, but I mean, I don't know if that's true for all other technologies. And so I, I, I don't want to talk for all of them, but I, I do think the fact that uh, this is a very, there's no standard operating procedure in contracts is what I would say. I've heard from some people in the industry who I think are really smart on this on this space that there's probably an opportunity within organizations as the kind of value of contracting is coming front and center for like a central person who's in charge of the contracting process. You know, almost like your chief contracting officer uh, who kind of it doesn't matter where the different various aspects of contracting sit, but kind of has oversight of the different aspects of contracting within the organization so that they can kind of make decisions about uh, the various needs that are required from procurement or sales or risk or, or legal uh, and make sure that the decisions that are being made are, um, work well together, you know, they're, they're, they're not uh, in conflict with each other, which is what you see a lot of times within these organizations, you know, procurement will say, well, I don't know what legal does over there. We just send them the document and, <laughs> you know, it goes into the black hole of legal 
And legal says, you know, well, you know, procurement's not sending us the contracts, you know, that we need to see. They're just signing off on them. That's actually more of a sales response. But, um, you know, so I do think there's probably an opportunity for a more kind of centralized function within the organization, even if even if the actual actions and the and the responsibilities may be decentralized to somebody who kind of grasps the whole the whole process. Yeah, I think you made a few really valid points there because certainly from my observations as well, I think it, it's highly dependent and I agree with you actually, it's it's highly dependent on size of the business, number one. I think number two as well, it's it's highly dependent on jurisdiction and culture too, because you know you're you, you're from the U.S. It's quite a it's quite a litigious market, whereas whereas in certain European countries it's done typically more by by arbitration, where you know having a very watertight contract perhaps isn't you know financially as uh, as critical in terms of what could be the damage if uh, if you got sued. So yeah, it's uh, I do agree with you there. In terms of types of business, in t- let, let, let's talk sort of size of, of, of company. Who would be your typical target client for this in terms of size of the in terms of size of the business or, or industry sector even? Yeah, so typically the types of companies we work with are large enterprise type organizations. Uh, so if we're working with a with a corporation, we're usually working with companies that have a billion dollars or more in revenue. Um, that being said, one of the big pushes we have, as we talked about earlier, is how do we empower those smaller organizations to be able to utilize technology like Black Boiler when they might not have a whole, you know, seed set of documents that Black Boiler can learn from. And again, that's part of our push is to be able to help those small, medium-sized businesses uh, utilize Black Boiler's technology too, which is what we're working hard on this, this uh, first half of the year. And then uh, when it comes to uh, our other business markets that we serve, they're typically like alternative legal service providers or law firms. And those those folks, even if they're not at a, you know that size of revenue, like they see a lot of contracts, right? Because their end users, their end clients typically are big enterprise. So uh, we also work with with those organizations as well. And it's interesting that you touched on the working towards helping sort of smaller or medium sized businesses that maybe don't have that volume of contracts. They they also in in many cases would not have an internal legal counsel as well. So it's kind of almost like the argument to say, well, you could use a technological solution like like Black Boiler to to replace the need for having an internal counsel. And then if you if you did have a contract that it that that it that it couldn't you know get you across the line with which you know, you're always going to have some then then it could vastly reduce your external legal spend in that case couldn't it it's almost like the business case is is more robust in those companies because where you do have internal councils you're still going to have them you're not going to save on headcount necessarily whereas in 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 some sort of mid market businesses that perhaps don't um, there's almost a stronger argument to say, you know, implement a tech solution and then just send out the really complex contracts to to an external lawyer. Right, exactly. So final question, Dan, and this one's the easiest one. If anyone would like to get hold of you and learn a little bit more about Black Boiler, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? Yeah, so great question. Um, they can have, obviously go to blackboiler.com. 
and fill out a you know information request or a demo request, you can also email me uh, directly. Uh, my email is dan at blackboiler.com. And we'd love to hear from you and we'd love to find some time to connect. Awesome. Dan, thank you very much for joining me. I've learned a lot certainly today in terms of how this could potentially or could have potentially simplified my life when I was a corporate buyer. So thanks again for being a guest. Uh, good luck with the developments and the additional features that you're looking to add. And uh, yeah, hopefully uh, keep in touch. Excellent. Thank you very much, James. So that was legal tech in a nutshell. Some of the things that we really hate doing, i.e. redlining contracts, using the track changes function in Microsoft Word, which is a truly horrible experience for all of us to have to go through it. If you can get technology to do it, then why not? Just a couple of quick things before we sign off. If you haven't already, then go ahead to your favorite podcast player, hit the subscribe button where you listen to us, and we will get notifications every time we release a new episode, which is, of course, every Wednesday. Also, don't forget to follow our page on LinkedIn, the ProcureTech Podcast. We also post regular content on there as well thank you very much for listening we know that there are other procurement podcasts out there and a lot of them are actually pretty good so thank you very much for inserting us into your earballs today until next week look after yourselves take care be productive and disruptive and see you again soon